Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission is to connect the disconnected to a growing relationship with God. You can connect with God, and we can help. So we're in this Living Well series because we want to live well. We want to live a life that we're proud of, something that our friends and family would celebrate, something that, you know, we wouldn't get to the end of our life and and have a bunch of regrets for having lived a certain way. And we want to live well, but life has taught us that this is harder than we thought. Life is crazy, and we're trying to manage a bunch of different things, and we've got questions about it all, questions about relationships, work, finances. So what we're doing in this series is we're looking to the book of Proverbs as our map and God's wisdom as our compass to guide us in the way we should go so that in the end, it could be said of us that, that we lived well. And uh, living well, sometimes it's one of those things where it's almost like easier to do for others than it is to do for ourselves. I don't know if you can relate to this, but you have a friend who's like talking about dating this girl and you're like, I would not do that. She is crazy. There's no way that's going to end well. Because maybe we've been down that road ourselves. Or we find ourselves thinking, uh, you know, if I made what they made, my student loans, they'd be paid off. We'd be saving for the future. And yet here we are spending money we don't have to buy things we don't need. It's as if we're like a a wise sage in an armchair. We just kind of like sit back and we're judging others, making decisions for them, whether or not we've actually ever lived a day in their shoes. And let me tell you, I was an awesome armchair parent. We're never going to give our kids screens in public to keep them quiet. Our kids are going to be just a delight. (laughs) We're never going to have to bribe our kids to eat dinner They're just going to joyfully eat whatever we put right in front of them. In fact, we're going to do family devotions. Every night at dinner, our kids are going to be the kids that are quoting scripture at church. And then we had kids. And now amidst the, the whirlwind of dirty diapers, temper tantrums, and shuttling to school, I find myself asking more questions about parenting than I once did. When it comes to parenting, what is the wise thing to do? We talked about the wise way we should go, wise character, wise romance. What does wise parenting look like? Well, if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 22. We're going to look at verse 6, along with several other scriptures today, to see what God has to say about wise parenting. Now, if you need a Bible or a place to jot down notes, you can, of course, follow along in our free church app. If you just click the message notes tile, you'll get all the the scripture references right there. You can just click. They're hyperlinked and also a place you can type in some notes. Now, I share this message today not as an armchair parent, but arm in arm with you parents, you aunts and uncles, you grandparents, any of you who have a kid in your life. Because while I'm no longer a parenting expert, I am a dad, and I am seeking to wisely raise my girls to know, love, and follow Jesus. And that is why I'm so thankful that God's word reveals the way. We're going to dive in here in a sec, but before we do that, let's pause, let's pray, and let's ask that God be the one who speaks to us now. Lord, we come before you, 
And we thank you that we get to gather like this. We thank you that we get to open your word together and we get to learn about the wise way we should go. And today we get to look at what wise parenting looks like. So Lord, whatever season of life we find ourselves in, would you please speak to us today? And would you draw us closer to you? It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, Proverbs 22, verse six. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. That sounds great. Like all you're saying is, I just got to like start my girls off on the way they should go. And then they're just going to keep going in that direction. Maybe I can do this parenting thing from an armchair. Something we have to understand here before we get ahead of ourselves is that this is a proverb. It's not a promise. Now, what that means is that this is a pattern. It's not a formula. All right. So with this principle in mind, let's read that again. Proverbs 22, 6, start children off in the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So from this proverb, it's clear that the way we start our kids is often the way they're going to continue to live. Now, we've all experienced this principle in our life in one way or another. I'll try to illustrate it this way. Just think back to uh, that, the, a job that you're in either now or you've been in in the past, all right? So maybe it's your first day on the job and your manager's orienting you. That first week, you're starting to meet the others on the team. That first month, you're really getting a grasp on your responsibilities, settling into a rhythm, all right? If you're in that job now, how, and you look back on that, that first month of time, how, does your, your, how do your relationships, your responsibilities, your rhythm look now in comparison to how it looked then? You know, some things might have shifted, but a lot of it's probably pretty similar. And if it wasn't at work, maybe you experienced this principle in college. You go to, you show up, and then the, how you lived that first week really determined who you were going to hang out with, the kind of person you were going to be, your study habits, etc., throughout the remainder of your time at school. If it wasn't work or college, it's definitely been our experience with our families of origin. Whether we'd like to admit it or not, our view of money, how we approach conflict, even the types of food that we eat, it looks a lot like our family of origin. So the principle here is that how things are going to go then is likely how they started at one point. And what's, what's been true of our life experience is probably going to be true of the kids around us. So this means that if you're an aunt or an uncle, you're a grandparent, be really intentional about the way you invest in the kids in your life, your nieces, nephews, your grandkids. For us parents, this means that we need to be Really, we have to really consider the course that we're setting for our kids today because it's likely going to be the course that they go one day. Now, if this is the case, then, then, then what's the wise course that we should set for our kids? Because there are so many things we have to teach our kids from how to brush their teeth to how to share to how to get their first job, to who to date. There's so many things that we teach our kids. I mean, they come out knowing nothing. And suddenly, over time, 
they, they learn and they grow and then eventually they, they start to look like us and think like us and interact with others like us. Now, where should we start? All right, what, what, what are we shooting for? Jesus, one of the things I love about him is he really simplified things. And he boiled down uh, some very complex concepts, but he, he made it very simple. And in so doing, he actually made a growing relationship with God possible for all of us. For someone who's four, someone who's 40, someone who's 84. All of us can grow in a relationship with God, and all of us can shoot for the target that Jesus set. Now, in a series a couple months ago, we looked at that target. But I want to reread the verses that anchored that series another time for us because it is a good reminder for us all. This is what we should be shooting for, and this is what we should help our kids shoot for. This is Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus says this in regards to what we should focus on. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this. The second is like it, excuse me. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What we see is love is the bullseye. Love of God that impacts love of self and then overflows love for others. Jesus said that, that if we focus on these things, if we focus on loving God with all that we are, and if we can focus on loving others like we love ourselves, then we'll actually find ourselves obeying all of Scripture, from the law, the beginning of the Hebrew Scriptures, to the prophets, the end of the Hebrew Scriptures. If we can love God and love people well, we'll find ourselves following God in His way. And what's true of us is also true of our kids. So as Jesus set that target for us, we should set that target for the kids in our lives to love God with all that they are and to love those around them as they love themselves. Now, how do we teach our kids these things? Well, back in Deuteronomy 6, in the law, this is, this is how God instructed his people to, to teach kids to know love and, and follow him. This is Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. It says, impress them, that is God's ways, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Impress them on your children. In the original language that this was written in, in Hebrew, the phrase really means repeat, rehearse. It's like this idea that we know God's ways so much that we're just going to repeatedly rehearse them in our lives, repeatedly rehearse them to our kids. Now, it's really hard to repeatedly rehearse God's ways if we don't know God's ways. Now, if, if you're unfamiliar with God's ways, a great way to get to know His way is reading His Word. When we, when we immerse ourselves in His Word, we'll actually experience His love. And it's His love that motivates us to love Him and to love others, well, including the kids around us. Now, last week, Hannah, my four-year-old daughter, gave me one of the best compliments she could, and she didn't even know it. 
Now, what you have to understand, the backstory is I'm a morning person. I love to get up early, and as part of my morning routine, I enjoy some chair time with God. I enjoy, I sit on the couch, I read my Bible, I pray some. Now, Hannah must take after me because she is up early too. And most mornings, what she'll do is she'll come downstairs and she'll come sit with me on the couch, cuddled up next to me as I read my Bible and pray. Now, fast forward to last week and I get Hannah up like I normally do. I help her get dressed and then I say, hey, Hannah, do you want to come downstairs and help me make breakfast? And then she looked at me confused and she's like, but you have to read first. And I was like, what are you talking about, sweetie? She's like, but you have to read first. These are four-year-old reasoning skills. Just repeat it again and again. And then it, it hit me. I was like, oh, she's talking about my chair time. So I look back at her and I say, sweetie, I already did my chair time this morning. And I could see the disappointment come across her face. Now, as much as I, I don't like letting my little girl down, I do want to take a moment and celebrate the small parenting win along the way, because many days it just feels like an uphill battle. But what I recognized that morning was that Hannah enjoys spending time with her father as I spend time with my heavenly father. And while I praise God for that now, my prayer is that the way I start my days regularly will set the course for how Hannah starts her days one day. The, the second part of Deuteronomy 6-7 says this, Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. The idea is that God's words and way would be on our hearts and minds and even part of our conversation wherever we are, with whomever we're with, whatever we're doing. So it's, it's this immersive experience that creates a really great environment for our kids to grow up in faith. How will our kids know to love God with all that they are if they don't see us loving God with all that we are? You see, we got to set the course for our kids to follow Jesus today so that they find themselves following him one day. How we start is often how we finish. And that's probably going to be our kids' story. So if your kids don't see you worshiping God, don't expect them to worship God. If your kids don't see you uh, love those in your community group well, don't expect them to value following Jesus with others. If your love for Jesus doesn't express itself as sharing his love, showing his love with others, how are your kids going to know Jesus? let alone share the hope they have in him with others. Our kids have a front row seat to our lives. They see us on our best day and they see us on our worst day. So let's seize each moment, whether it's a high or whether it's a low, and let's use it as an opportunity to point them to Jesus. Paul later taught this about parenting. This is from Ephesians 6. He says, 
fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As parents, God has given us an authority, an influence in our kids' lives. And we need to steward that. We need to use that influence well, especially if we want to we wanna live well in this area of parenting. Now, this idea of, of using our influence to point our kids to Jesus, that just sounds like a good thing to do. Sounds like the Christian thing to do. And it is. But it is so hard, isn't it? Like, when I come home from work and I am just tired and Hannah is having a temper tantrum or something and I feel that impatience just rising up in me and it takes everything in me not to snap at her. Some days the Holy Spirit strengthens me and I'm able to love Hannah well in the moment. I am calm, cool, and collected. And other days my flesh just rears its ugly head. And then I find myself five minutes later going back to Hannah and saying, sweetie, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gotten angry at you. How do we use our our highs and our lows to point the kids in our lives to the one we love most? God gives us influence, and in all parents' influence, he gives aunts and uncles, grandparents' influence too, but he really gives our parents influence in in our kids' lives. But a repeated principle in scripture is that dads are supposed to play the lead role in discipling their kids. I just got to be real with you. I feel the weight of that. I do. I feel the weight of that. It feels heavy at times, but it makes me so grateful for the other dads in our church family, those that I'm in community group with, those I serve with, because we get to link arms with one another, learn together, celebrate together, pray for one another. And that's the, that's the beauty of community. We get to follow Jesus together. And parenting is... Like it's been said, it's one of the best things you can ever do, and it's one of the hardest things you can ever do. So don't try to do it alone. While his plan is that, that as parents, we would disciple our kids, our kids' destiny isn't ultimately determined by our parenting. All right? Ultimately, our kids are responsible for the choices that make, they, they make and the consequences that come with those choices, whether they're positive or negative. That's why God's wisdom to kids, regardless of age, is this. From, in Proverbs 6, writes this, My son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light. And correction and instruction are the way of life. The wise advice for kids is to follow your parents' instructions, to heed their counsel, to obey them. And that's true both of our young kids, but it's also true of us as adult kids. Like, we're wise to follow our parents' wisdom. The older I get, the wiser my parents seem to me. You know, as a teenager, they don't know anything. Now, they know a ton. And I, I'm like a sponge. I just want to learn and understand because I, I was like, wow, you parented me. I have a lot I can learn from you. <clears throat> Throughout scripture, God instructs kids to obey their parents. But when kids don't obey their parents, scripture also says parents should discipline their kids. And, and Proverbs 3 puts it this way. 
My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. God loves us. He loves us so much. He is our heavenly father and he, he cherishes a relationship with us. Because God loves us so much, he doesn't want us to go away that's gonna cause hurt to us or to others. So when we stray from that way, we are disciplined. It's not fun in the moment, but it is helpful. And as parents who love our kids, like God, we should discipline our kids when our kids stray from the course that we've set, the course that scripture sets for them to live. Now, when they're young, this might be as simple as saying, you know, hey, sweetie, uh, you, you need to obey mommy and daddy because the Bible teaches us that Mommy and daddy are here. God gave you mommy and daddy to help love you and to guide you. So you need to, you need to honor us. You need to obey us. When your kids are older, I probably wouldn't take that approach. I might take a more conversational approach. Maybe you ask your teenager, what do you think scripture would say about that? Or how do you think Jesus would respond in this situation? And invite them to share what they're learning. The problem is, whether our kids are young or whether our, our kids are older, some of us, we wanna be our kid's best friend. And that sounds awesome, doesn't it? Like to be your kid's best friend. The only problem is our, fr- our kids can have tons of friends, but only we can be their parents. God has given us a place in their life to help guide them and direct them and raise them in the way that they should go. Now. It's not fun in the moment, but discipline is a key way that we as parents, we disciple our kids. I'm not gonna tell you how to discipline your kids, but here's how we should go about it when we discipline. The first thing we should keep in mind is to discipline in love. What we just read is that God disciplines us as his kids. He disciplines us in love. So love should be our motivator. Okay, if, if love is not our motive, then we probably need a moment. All right, once we've cooled off, emotions have calmed down, then we can go back and we can discipline in love. And second, discipline to redirect. This is an opportunity to remind our kids of what God's word says and why we choose to follow his way. Uh, Another thing we should keep in mind is that we should discipline to disciple. The way in which we go about disciplining our kids actually says a lot about what we believe about God. And we can disciple our kids through our discipline when the gospel is at the center of our discipline. The gospel is that that though we sinned, Jesus paid the price for our sin. He forgives our sin. So we repent from the way we are living and we receive his forgiveness and we choose to follow him. The way in which we talk to our kids the way in which we live in front of our kids will say way more about what we believe about God and inform what our kids believe about God than many other things in life. So I know it's in the heat of the moment. I know it's hard, but let's try our absolute best. And we're going to need the Holy Spirit to empower us to do it, but let's try our best to leave a gospel impression as we disciple and discipline our kids. Now, when we do this, 
When we do the the hard thing, that's not the fun thing, but it's an important thing. When we do this, when we discipline our kids, what should we expect over time? Proverbs 29, 17 tells us, discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Now, like I shared earlier, this is a proverb. It's not a promise. So it's not a formula. This is a pattern. But when we consistently and lovingly disciple our kids and we set the course for them, they're going to probably go that course. In fact, it kind of brings us full circle back to Proverbs 22, 6, which says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Here's what we've learned together in our time time today. Set the course for your kids today so they stay the course one day. Set the course for your kids today so they stay the course one day. Family life is a journey, and there are bumps along the way. There are twists and turns, and there's a good chance that because you're human and you grew up in a family with other humans, you've probably experienced some hurt in family life. Maybe your parents didn't parent you like God's word says. Or maybe you are a parent now and you know you're human, which means you fail too, like I fail. And unfortunately, you've caused some hurt for family members in your life. Here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus doesn't leave us in our hurt, in our pain. He invites us to bring our hurt and our pain to him because he heals He restores, he reconciles. So whatever our past, whatever our present, I invite us to bring our family hurt before our our Heavenly Father and our Savior and let him do the healing work, the restorative work, the reconciliation that needs to take place. Now, I can't share with you like, how this parenting has played out for me personally, like how me parenting our two daughters, how it's played out. Our oldest is four. We have another that's almost two. We have a third on the way. I'm in the thick of it right now with many of you. But what I would like to share with you is the impact that my parents' parenting had on me. Because while they weren't perfect, I am so thankful for the way they parented me. And I'm more and more thankful for their parenting the longer that I'm a parent. You see, uh, when I was like two years old, my parents came to know Jesus in a personal relationship and it changed everything for them. So as long as I can remember, they have been bringing me to church and helping me read scripture. I mean, before bed, when I was a kid, we would read the Bible. Sundays, we were always at church. My parents would move back later in the day for Awanas. It was like our church's kids program. My favorite part was floor hockey and dodgeball, but they brought us back. And, and then when I was older, when I was like a teenager, they continued some of those things. Uh, you know, now I got to choose what sports I played, but if the game fell on a Sunday morning, I didn't even get to really ask. It was like, we're going to church. You're going to have to miss the game. That was a bummer as a kid, but now I, I see the blessing of it. When uh, <laughs> there are other things like my dad, my dad invited me to read the Bible with him. Like one year we decided we're going to try to read the Bible together. And we did that together and we would talk about it along the way. 
uh, probably one of the most impactful things I saw my parents do in that season of life was uh, bring us on foreign missions trips. And we'd served together in that context, but it wasn't just like this like one-off experience. It was characteristic of what I saw my parents do and what they invited me to do every single week when we served as part of our church family. Now, I'm an adult. I'm still, I'm still their kid. Like, I'll always be their son. And even still, they encourage me as I, as I walk the course that I'm on. They'll offer support and encouragement to me as a, a dad, a husband, a pastor. I know my parents pray for me often. And when I, when I think about it all, I'm so grateful that my parents didn't try to be my friend back then because they're some of my closest friends now. And that's something I really, really hope my girls will say of Amanda and me one day. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you that you, that you love us so much that you would discipline us. Thank you that you love us in a way that you're gonna reveal your, your will and your way to us through your word. Lord, thanks for some handles to hold on to when it comes to parenting. Would you continue to help us to live wisely? And would you help us to do it in this area of life that just feels so challenging at times? We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.